Fruit of the womb. Yeah. Yeah, I did it. You like it? This is not a Hanes commercial. Fruit of the womb, Luke 1.42. Blessed are you among women, and blessed be the fruit in your womb. Who is that verse speaking of? Yes, Mary is the mother, and who is in the womb? Jesus. And Mary is uh, most blessed among women. For many different reasons, uh, but certainly one is being the mother of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not going to preach this morning uh, about Mary and um, about how wonderful she was, although I do believe that Mary was very blessed. And I think that a lot of the times Mary catches a bad rap because, well, as far as uh, the Protestants go, because the Catholics elevate Mary to such a degree that it becomes very problematic. And sometimes we as Protestants can overreact to that and completely discredit Mary uh, as if there is no significance at all to who she was or what she did, what God did in Mary. And so what I want to do is uh, just point out the simple fact that the Bible very clearly says that she was blessed among women and we are very thankful for Mary and we are very thankful for mothers in general uh, because without them well we just wouldn't be here amen quite literally and we wouldn't be here in many different ways whether it be spiritually many of us now some some of you did not have godly mothers and and that's a shame I saw a post the other day uh, where Someone was saying, what if our Mother's Day sermons looked like Father Day, Father's Day sermons? They said, what if the preacher got up and just chastised all the mothers for their failures in being a mother, like it generally happens with fathers on Father's Day? Well, a couple of things I'll say to that is, one, I think that there is actually a very practical reason that you don't hear that as much, and one is, is that now some may get up in arms about this, and that's okay, I don't mind is that women are different than men. Hey, that's a controversial statement in our day and age. But what I mean by that is that women, generally speaking, are cut from a different cloth than men. They, they need to be spoken to differently than you speak to a man. They need to be treated differently than you would treat a man. They need to be, they need to be responded to differently then you would respond to a man. They need to be rebuked differently than you would rebuke a man. I'm finding that out more and more every day. If, if I couldn't learn with my wife, then I'm learning with my four-year-old crazy daughter. <laughs> they respond differently to different things and different ways that you speak. They respond differently to, to discipline if you're talking about a daughter. They're not the same as, as my boys. Uh, my boys aren't the same as each other, but she's just different altogether. And that's good. The differences between men and women are glorious. But this isn't a sermon about the differences between men and women. It is a sermon about mothers. And the reason that I began to say that was that I think the reason that you don't 
hear more sermons about mothers as you do about the rebuke of a father is one that you speak to ladies differently than you speak to men and I realized this as I was studying the scripture where it speaks in in uh, as in Peter's writings and he says husbands live with your wives in an understanding way understanding that she is the weaker vessel now some women might get up in arms about that too but I think Paul's just pointing out the fact that women are generally and should be uh, more gentle they're softer creatures some of you hard ugly men you're glad that your wife ain't hard and ugly like you right we need our soft counterparts right Uh, sadly that is under great attack today and femininity is under attack and it's so sad I'm glad that my wife is soft and she's pretty even though I'm ugly and I can be hard sometimes she balances me really well and so I think that we can preach the gospel uh, in a way that would celebrate and praise mothers who are pursuing after the Lord Jesus Christ while simultaneously offering an encouragement and a rebuke and shedding light on just how crucial it is for a mother to live in fear of the Lord in great respect of the Lord and to train up her children in the ways of the Lord and how detrimental it is to a child who has a mother who does not love the Lord and who does not seek after the Lord. So we're going to talk about motherhood this morning. We're going to talk about what it means to be a mother and this is going to be a a fairly short sermon. Uh, I, I think it will be actually. And uh, then I want to ask you to do one other thing for me, too. We heard about the miracle this morning uh, that happened with Susie. And wonderful that it happened so close to Mother's Day and on her birthday, nonetheless. Uh, And if you don't know exactly what happened, uh, Susie, and this is public knowledge because we prayed about it live, had come before the church. We laid hands on her. We anointed her. We prayed over her. They had found a a mass on on your ovary, right? And uh, they were very, very scared that it was cancerous and that it was very serious, life-threatening. Well, that day, she received word from the doctor that, oh, it's, it's not cancerous. And we celebrated, didn't we? Amen. And we said, it's a miracle. Praise God. Now we just got to go in and get the mass out, right? Well, she goes into the doctor, and we, what did we pray that day? I want to point this out. I know I'm taking a minute, but I want to point this out to you. That we sit right on up in here, and we laid hands on her, and what did we pray? I know I specifically prayed, and I know you prayed along with me, that God, that this was the prayer, that when she went to the doctor, they would do the scan, they would, do, they would go, they would look, and they would say, why are you here again? There is no mass. Lo and behold, she goes into the doctor. They go in. They're looking. They're going to take out the mass. He says, there is no mass. Is that not what he said? And they're going to, I invited them when she's ready. She's still sore because she did have some other stuff done while she was there that she needed to have done anyway. I invited them to come and give a testimony on the glorious miracle that God provided. And God doesn't always do it that way, but Lord have mercy. 
when he does, isn't he so, it's so good. And we will take his will, whatever his will might be. And that's what Mark prayed. That's what they prayed. I was with them. But praise God, he delivered her, and he took that out. So much so that the doctor came out and said, I'm not sure what happened from what I hear. Mark said, I know what happened. Told him about the prayer service. Told him about us uh, laying hands on and praying at, per scripture. And the doctor looks at Mark and says, could you put me on the prayer list? Amen. Amen. Give a testimony unto the Lord. So with that being said, oh, and the same thing happened uh, with Courtney. I mean, it's, it's happened so many times. I've got a friend of mine, a really good friend of mine. It's actually uh, Mark's nephew, John Brannion, his wife, Haley. They're really good friends of ours. Their little boy, Liam, he's the same, a little bit older than Asher. They have found a cyst, uh, about a golf ball-sized cyst, behind his eye. It's resting on his optic nerve, from what I understand, and causing him some headaches. And it may be the reason he, uh, has, he vomits and he, and he gets sick. And uh, they said that it, it probably was there since birth, and he's just been going along, but now it's, it's causing pressure and causing problems. John pastors Morgan Chapel Church, Morgan Chapel. And uh, so they couldn't be here this morning, but I invited them to come here. Not that our church is special or anything. Well, it is special, but, but just but I've seen too many miracles. I've seen God heal too many times to not invite them. So they're going to make a beeline over here after church, and they're going to come. They said that they could probably be here by like 1230 or so. And I'm just asking you, I know it's Mother's Day, uh, but all of the mothers in here probably make the daddy stay. But it's her baby boy. It's her youngest boy. And so I told him to come over here. And if it's just me and the elders, we'll be here. But I'm inviting as many of you that can and are willing and are able to stay until they get here and let us surround them and pray over their little boy that God would heal him. Uh, that If you leave, I won't throw a rock at you, I promise. Um, but if you can, if you've got plans you can't break, okay, but if you can, if you'll stay, it'd mean the world to me, and I know it'd mean the world to them too. So uh, that, as soon as they get here, we'll gather around them, we'll anoint them with oil, we'll lay hands on them, and we'll pray, okay? And it'll be God who does the work. So anyway, all right, 1230 today, if you can hang around, I would love that. All right, so let's talk this morning about motherhood. Let's talk a little bit about um, Jesus Christ and, and how, uh, how a mother can be the greatest mother that she could possibly be, okay? So I want to talk about Christ uh, as the fruit of the womb just for a moment, though. And we're, we're going to kind of move a little bit. And I do got a little video clip that I thought was pretty cool. And it just goes to show you that our culture recognizes the role of a mother as well. And I do have biblical precedents to do this. When Paul was in the Areopagus, he was quoting their poets back to them, showing them that even your poets understand that, that there is this God that you don't know much about, and let me tell you about him. Well, my clip today is about, about three minutes long, and it just goes to show you that the world understands, Hollywood even understands, at its deepest roots, the nature of a mother, the nature of protection, the nature of sacrifice, and we see it come out. As a matter of fact, every action movie that Hollywood produces is a ripoff of the Bible because it's about one man who's amazing and conquers an entire world to save the entire world, and there was no way that he should have been able to do that. That's the story of, of Jesus Christ. Okay, so there you go. All right, so let's look at Jesus Christ, the fruit of the womb. You see, even the God-man came through the womb of his mother. Turn with me in Luke chapter 1, 
And we're going to look at um, Luke chapter 1, verses 36. We're going to go, let's go, uh, mm, let's see. Let me just pull it. I think I got it on here. 28 through 38. Uh, we won't focus on all of that, but I want to pull all of that up for you. Let's go ahead and read this text. Stand to your feet with me as we read the text, and then we'll kind of break it down a little bit. Luke 1, 28 through 38. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. You may be seated. May God bless the reading and the hearing of his word. Well, I want to just take a look at this and just kind of comprehend, try to comprehend just a little bit, what it must have been like to be Mary. Could you imagine? Now, there's lots of mothers in the room, uh, and I can only imagine the pressure and what it would be like to be a mother just to a, a normal, old, regular, human, run-of-the-mill human being, right? Because you know that you're going to have a human being, and they're going to have flaws, they're going to have imperfections. They're going to have sin in their life. You know, and they're not going to be your God. <laughs> That's I couldn't imagine how hard that would be, how much pressure you would have on you. But then add on to that, that Mary is going to have a son who is going to be God. She is going to end up worshiping him. She is going to end up dedicating her entire life to building his kingdom. Now, apart and aside from the fact that as she raises her son, as she trains up her son, she also understands that he is vastly more holy and more righteous than she is. Apart from that, the responsibility that you don't mess it up. <laughs> I mean, you're, you've been entrusted to care for God. Right? I mean, you know, what if you were to drop him one day? You know, salvation is no longer possible because Jesus has been dropped on his head. Well, the pressure must have been amazing. I won't even pretend to understand what it would be like. And, you know, I just I think of Danielle who recently had Jeremiah not too awful long ago. Uh, some of you who uh, had children not too awful long ago, 
and I see you, and, and you're pregnant, and there is a human being inside of you. And I'm like, that is crazy. You've got a human inside you, right? The, the, I, I can't wrap my mind around I don't think any man would possibly be able to wrap their mind around having another human being inside of you, much less two or three. Right? Isn't that just, just crazy to me? And so this is the question that came to me as I was just studying and praying and asking, God, what, what do we need to do on Mother's Day? Well, here's the question. How can a mother bear the pressure of being a mother? How was Mary instructed to bear the pressure of being a mother? What were the, what were the truths that the Lord laid out to Mary to help her as she considered bringing this life into this world. And let's don't get it twisted. It's, Jesus Christ was a fully human person. He was divine, fully divine, but he was fully human as well. The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ grew in wisdom and stature. He was learning. I'm sure he pooped his pants a few times. Isn't that crazy to think about? Right? Like God had his diaper changed. Right? Uh, he, uh, he did all of this now without sin. It was an impossibility for him to sin, for he would not have been able to be the perfect blemishless sacrifice. And so it may be, maybe his boop boop smelled good good. I don't know. I, don't, I have no idea. Um, I, I, bet, I don't know. Maybe he, he peed upward while his daddy was changing his diaper. And, you know, you got the whole, I don't know. But all I'm saying is that Jesus Christ was a human being. And she had to care for him. How, what was the advice, the truths, the facts, the undergirding foundation that God laid out for her that she was going to be prepared to be the mother that Christ needed her to be? Well, let's look at the text here, and I've, just, I've highlighted a few portions right here that just jumped out at me. Well, it says here, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. Now, I know that we're talking about Mary specifically, and the, con the context is about her, but I believe a study of Scripture, a broad study of Scripture, shows that a woman, a mother who loves the Lord, obviously Mary loved the Lord, she was dedicated to the Lord. Later in, the, in the, uh, these verses, she says, hey, God, I'm your servant. I'm a servant of the Lord, whatever you want me to do. And I believe that a mother who fears the Lord and who loves the Lord has favor with the Lord. There's a special favor with the Lord. I believe it. I believe the scripture teaches it. And if you hear Hambone talk about it, and I believe this is true too, you can't outrun the prayers of a praying grandmother or a praying mother. There's something very effectual about those prayers. The Bible says, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. She's like, Why are you talking to me like this? That's what it seems like to me here. And the, the text goes on, but here it says is that the Lord has favored you. The Lord loves you. The Lord has shown his light upon you. You have received favor of the Lord. But that does that take away all the questions? So every one of you here, 
I'm saying unto you, if you love the Lord and if you're dedicated to the Lord, then God has a special, uh, he has a special favor for you, that he is for you, that he is going to be there. He is going to give you strength that you have no idea where it comes from. He is going to entrust you with things that you can't believe that he would entrust you with. He is going to allow you the opportunity to be an impactful and eternal influence in the life of a human being that no one else will be able to do. Now, if you've heard me preach any any amount of time, you know that I am all about fatherhood, and you know that I believe that it is crucial to the development of the child. But that in no way does away with the fact that a mother cannot be replaced, and a godly mother certainly cannot be replaced, and it cannot be made up for in any other way to the degree that that godly mother would have had an influence on her children. Mothers, you are godly mothers. You are favored. You are favored in the sight of the Lord. But now, does that just, is Mary just like, okay, cool. Let's do this. No, it says she's greatly troubled. She's greatly troubled. So even though you may know intellectually that you are favored by the Lord and that the Lord is going to carry you and be there for you and bless you and come alongside of you, it's still a lot of weight, isn't it? Especially if you're trying to balance things like work, things like hobbies and sports and am I spending enough time pouring Christ into my children? Am I spending enough time praying for my children? Am I home enough? And that's part of the conversation. Now, my wife works, and I don't believe it's a problem for a mother to work as long as she can balance being a mother and having a job. I think that's okay. We see the Proverbs 31 mother who is blessed, and she is praised. Her mother, her children uh, lift up praises of her, and we also know that she does business. She does trades, and she does all types of things like that. So it is a possibility. But it is still a question. You know, how much time should we spend here? How much time should we spend there? And I only bring that up because it's got to weigh on you sometimes. How am I going to be the mother that I need to be and balance being who I am? That's got to be tough. So here there's still questions, and she's like, what kind of greeting is this? What? And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. He reminds her, listen, he says, oh, favored one. She's like, what? He's like, don't be afraid. You have favor. What is this simply, simply in context? Now we're talking about Mary, the mother of Christ, but just in a general principle that would apply, what's going on here? We have a fact that is laid out that Mary has found favor with God, that she is going to be granted the opportunity to give birth to a son who she can, change, who she can be a part of his changing the world. She's called, oh, favored one. She still has trouble. What's going on? And it's a simple reminder. It's a reminder. Let me speak to the men for a moment. Let me speak to me for a moment. Oh, how desperately our wives and the mother of our children, and your mama need to be reminded that they are a blessing, that they are favored. 
And let me say one other thing, just drawing on a principle here. If God favors the God-fearing mother, then why in the world are you not favoring the God-fearing mother? Why are you not honoring her? Why are you not lifting her up? Why are you not blessing her? Why are you not supporting her? We need to be reminding. Here the angel reminds Mary. He tells Mary, oh, fav- greetings, old favored one. She's like, hold on, what? Remember, you're the favored one. Don't fear. A lot of the times when you have a supernatural appearance of an angel or when the angel of the Lord, when Christ shows up, there's great fear. Remember what Jesus told John? He said, don't be afraid. Why? Because you have favor. He reminded her that she had found favor with God. The text goes on and says, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Now, there's a lot of Christology and theology wrapped up in here. Today is not the day I want to go over all of that right here. But what I want to show you is, is that he told her she was favored, She got a little afraid. He reminded her that she was favored and told her, don't be afraid. And then he lays out the call that she has on her life and the reality that surrounds the baby that's inside her womb and how he would change the entire world. Now, you might say, well, that's Jesus. That's not me. Well, that type of mindset right there is the problem. What we don't understand is just how impactful our children can be for the kingdom of God. Don't you understand that when you have a child and you train that child up in the ways of the Lord that you are training up the next generation of Christian warriors. You're training up the next generation of Billy Grahams. You're training up the next generation of Jonathan Edwards, Martin Luther, John Calvin, the great reformers. They had mothers. I'll get to this in a second, but in 2 Timothy When Paul speaks to Timothy, he doesn't even mention the father. Now, most would suggest that Timothy's father probably wasn't in the picture. But when he speaks to Timothy, he says, I I am sure that the same faith that dwelt in your grandmother and your mother is dwelling in you. As you train up that child and as you pour that faith into that child and as you love them and lead them to Christ, what you need to understand is you're training up a child of God who will go and do work for the kingdom of God. Eternal work. Jesus Christ said, even greater works than these shall you do. So if it's true of Mary and Jesus said the believers that come after me that are indwelt by the power of the Holy Spirit and covered by the blood of the Lamb, they'll, do even more, they'll have even more impact than I will then you can take the principles applied to Mary and then multiply them when applied to you. That's how important your role is as a mother, to pour Jesus Christ into the child. Well, it says, the angel said to her, they, they talk, and Mary, Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answer, answered her. Now, I, I, there's a lot of context here, and, and I'm kind of applying general principles. But here we can know this principle. Mary's like, well, there's an issue here, God. Uh, I've never had sex before, so I'm not sure how I'm going to have a child. Well, okay, you probably didn't get pregnant without the other part, right? So you say, what's that got to do with me? Well, let's just say it this way. Mary says, I have an issue in what you've called me to do. I have a shortcoming in what you've called me to do because I don't have all the tools that I need 
in order to perform the task that you're asking me to perform. Okay, you see the principle there? We see the specifics. She didn't have intimate relationships. She wasn't married. So she said, I can't do what you're asking me to do, God. She didn't have the tools. She didn't have that reality in her life. And so God says, the angel says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. So in other words, Mary says, I got an issue, God. I'm not up for the task. I don't have the necessary tools. I don't have the necessary reality surrounding me. I'm not gifted in the ways that I need to be gifted in in order to do what you've called me to do. And God says, I got you. I'm going to equip you. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. The Holy Spirit is going to do the work in you that, you, that would be impossible without the Holy Spirit, and you're going to accomplish what I'm calling you to accomplish. Can you see the parallel there? Can you see the principle? A lot of you mothers say, I can't do this. You might not say, well, I've, I'm not married. I can't have a baby because I'm not laying with a man. That, that's probably not what you're saying. But you may very well be saying, I'm not smart enough to teach my children the Bible. I'm not wise enough to lead them in the ways of the Lord. I'm not diligent enough to train them up in the ways that they should go. I'm not spiritual enough to train them up in the ways of the Lord Jesus Christ. I can't pray very well. I, I don't know what to say when I pray. How can I pray with my children? And the Lord is saying, I got you. I got you. You, you say, yes, Lord, here am I. I am going to fill you with the power of the Holy Spirit to do what I've commanded you to do. See the principle there? Your job is to fear the Lord and to press into the Lord Jesus Christ and to seek after the filling of the Holy Spirit and to do to do what God has called you to do. Amen? Amen. And then the last part of that right here, just some things I was just wanting to draw out for you guys today. I could really go a lot further here because it talks about the Holy Spirit. You know, Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Holy, uh, the, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. It's good stuff. But I want you to skip down to the last verse. Now, this is when she's talking to um, Elizabeth, who is going to conceive in her old age. You see, you see, the same principle applies. That Elizabeth is old, so she's got a different problem that Mary's got. Right? Mary doesn't have a husband. Elizabeth doesn't have youth. So. Just remember uh, Sarah in the Old Testament, it's the same issue. I can't do this, God. I, I, I have these issues that keep me from doing what you're calling me to do. Sarah laughed at God, right? Elizabeth, I'm sure, chuckled a little too. She's old. And God's like, don't worry about it. I got this. Remember that verse that says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, knowing it is God who is at work in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure? We just got to get out of the way. Amen. Just got to get out of the way and let God do what God said he's going to do. Well, listen, it says, now Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. So she was barren. She was old. She couldn't have children. Doctor said she couldn't have children. Doctor said she had a mass. God said, what doctor? Doctor who? Jesus said, I'm the great physician, right? Well, 
It says, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. So he told her something. He reminded her. He spoke of the feeling of the Holy Spirit on how it would happen, how the favor of God will work itself out in everyday life. I didn't plan to go through this verses these in depth, but I'm just trying to follow the Holy Spirit too. And then we see this being applied to Elizabeth, and here's Mary's response. This is really good to catch it, okay? So he told her you're favored with God. She's like, what are you talking about? And she's afraid. He says, don't be afraid. I told you, you're favored with God. And then he tells her this great task that she's got. And she's like, how? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. God's going to get it done. And he says, oh, yeah, by the way, Elizabeth, you know your old aunt, who they said were barren, was barren. She's six months pregnant. And based on the response where it says, for nothing is impossible with God, I imagine when he said, you know, Elizabeth, your old aunt, who was barren, everybody said she couldn't have children, she's six months pregnant. I wonder if Mary was like, say what? You know, not again, right? He says, for nothing is impossible with God. So there's the truth laid out. Who she is, a reminder, what she's got to do, how God's going to accomplish it, how God's already accomplishing a work that's impossible in someone you already know. Hence, we told you about Susie this morning. You think it's impossible. Are you, are you blind? Are you deaf? We just told you about the impossible being possible. You see how? So he shows her another real life example of another woman who thought she couldn't do it. God comes on, gets it done. Nothing is impossible with God. Here is Mary's response. It should be yours. Mary said, behold, I am a servant of the Lord. I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Told her, reminded her, showed her empowered her gave her an example she's like okay let's go she trusted she lived in fear of the lord now are you mothers trusting the lord well i spent way too much time on that but i want to do a little bit more i want to show you that jesus christ because this just can't be all about mothers today right because the gospel is about jesus and a mother without jesus is no mother at all a mother without Jesus will do more damage than they will do good. That's just a fact. I'm sorry if it hurts anybody's feelings in here. A mother without Jesus will do more damage than she will do good. Because anytime you lead a child away from the Lord, you are leading that child into condemnation, into the jaws of the enemy. Jesus Christ, the essence of motherly love. Now, some dudes get uncomfortable when I start talking like this. Because they're like, what you talking about, man? Jesus is manly. Jesus is a man. And Jesus is not just a man, not just the man, the God-man. Jesus Christ is the one when he steps out of the boat, the demons come run, fall at his feet and say, don't kill us. Right? Jesus is the one when the whole uh, garrison of Roman soldiers, remember I did that sermon, one to 300 soldiers to come get one Galilean peasant. When they roll up in the garden and say, we're looking for Jesus. 300 soldiers, one to 300. And Jesus says, I am he. They all fell down. Boom, right? The man. 
But Jesus is also the essence of motherly love. We, we dudes could learn from Jesus. Gentleness, motherly love, a motherly love that will lay down his life. He said, what you talking about, Cletus? Matthew 23, 37 says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often, have I have, how often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings and you were not willing? I have a, a story here. It's a true story. As far as I can tell, I've tried to verify, and I believe it is. Jesus says, I long to gather you together as a, as a hen gathers her brood of chicks under her wings for protection. Listen to this. The forest fire had been brought under control, and the group of firefighters were working back through the devastation, making sure all the hot spots had been extinguished. As they marched across the blackened landscape between the wisps of smoke still rising from the smoldering remains, a large lump on the trail caught a firefighter's eye. As he got closer, he noticed it was the charred remains of a large bird that had been burned nearly halfway through. Since birds can so easily fly away from the approaching flames, the firefighter wondered what must have been wrong with this bird that it could not escape. Had it been sick or injured? Arriving at the carcass, he decided to kick it off the trail with his boot. As soon as he did, however, he was startled half to death by a flurry of activity around his feet. Four little birds flailed in the dust and ash then scurried away down the hillside. The bulk of the mother's body had covered them from the searing flames. Though the heat was enough to consume her, it allowed her babies to find safety underneath. In the face of the rising flames... She had stayed with her young. Her dead carcass and her fleeing chicks told the story well enough. She gave the ultimate sacrifice to save her young. I would go so far as to say the mother hen has been known in many instances throughout history to give her life defending and protecting her chicks. Oftentimes this has been the case. You can just look up different instances of Mothers protecting and sacrificing themselves for their young. The, the ones that get me the most, and uh, I just love to see them do it. I don't know what the birds are called. Somebody's yelled it out in here before because I've talked about this before, but they're around here. The birds that lay their eggs in the gravel parking lots that aren't used much or in the mulch beds, and they're little bitty birds with teeny tiny skinny legs, but they spread their wings out and they're like, yeah. And like, huh? Killdeer. What? Killdeer. Kill well, that's a fitting name, cause they will kill a deer. I'm telling you right now. You you seen them? And what they'll do is they'll run at you and they're, you know, they're acting all crazy. They'll start acting like they're lame or something, and then they'll run like opposite, like try to get you to chase them. But you can see they're. Their nest. If you look around, you'll see their nest. They're, they're putting themselves between them and the nest and trying to lead you away, trying to get you to come eat them instead. It's just crazy. Well, I have, I have, here, here's the, the short clip I wanted to show you that uh, shows you that, and, and I'm going to make a statement here in just a second, that I believe that this is part of the natural makeup of a, of a woman, of a mother, uh, in, in, in creation. It's a natural spirit of a mother. It's in their being to protect and to guard and to sacrifice. I'm just trying to show you today that the way that that's done 
in a biblical sense is for you yourself to fear the Lord, to love the Lord, to understand your favor with the Lord, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be filled with Jesus Christ, and to pour Him out into your children. That's the way that you lay yourself down and make sure that your children live, actually live life. Let me, let me show you this clip right quick. Thanks. Even Hollywood understands the powerful created intrinsic, built-in nature of a mother to protect their children and how powerful that is. And so as we think about these things and as we think about the wonderful display of sacrifice and love and mercy, we can only think that that originates and comes from God himself. And so as we move forward, I want to point out this natural God-given spirit to protect and defend the children. 
As a matter of fact, you know, this is what came to my mind. I was thinking about this last night, thinking about uh, mothers and sacrificing for their children and protecting their children. Where do you think the term mama bear came from? Right? We know that mama bears and mother bears in the wilderness will protect their cubs. And you don't want to mess with a bear. Usually if you get around a bear, they'll just scurry off. When you really need to be concerned is when you get around a few cubs. You really need to start looking then. Because the cubs ain't the problem, but it's the one who just had them cubs that you need to be looking for. Now, we know that mother bears in the wilderness can be ferocious, and they can kill you. But you also need to look out for human mama bears, too. I've seen it. All four of my kids play Little League Baseball now. And as a matter of fact, I recently took this picture at a baseball field when an umpire made a bad call. <laughs> I was like, Lord have mercy on his soul. <laughs> Jesus Christ is the essence of motherly love because Jesus Christ shows us what it's like to lay down your life for those who you love and who are under your care. Mothers, if you want to be the mothers that God has called you to be, then you'll be like Jesus Christ. And you can't be like Jesus Christ without having faith in Jesus, loving Jesus, being filled by the power of the Holy Spirit that conforms you to the image of Jesus. This is the work of God. The last thing I want to show you is the way a mother protects. Jesus Christ is that way. Proverbs 22, 6 is quoted a fair amount. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. If you're not training your child up in Jesus, you're not training him up in the way. Why would I say that? Is there a connection? John 14, 6, Jesus said unto him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. When Proverbs says, train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it, they are, might as well be saying, the author there might as well be saying, train up a child in Jesus. Because Jesus Christ is the way. We understand that all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are found in Christ as well. All of the Proverbs point to the Lord Jesus Christ. Train your child up in Jesus. Train your child up in Jesus. Train your child up in Jesus, and you will protect them from the greatest enemies that exist. 2 Timothy 1, 4 through 5, we talked about this earlier. As I remember your tears, he's, this is Paul speaking to Timothy. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and, uh, Louise and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. The origination of your children's faith may very well be and oftentimes is birthed in your interaction with them and it grows that now they have to have their own individual faith I talked to my boys about this I'm talking to Ray about this they have to have their own individual faith but many times their faith grows off of the spores and the seeds that's dropped by the the grapevine of your faith as you interact with them and as you Talk about, talk about God with them as you walk along the way and as you lay down and as you rise up. In every breath, you are finding a way to love them and to show them Jesus Christ. 
Lastly, a woman who fears the Lord, a mother, a, a woman who fears the Lord, and this is Proverbs uh, 31, a woman who fears the Lord, and I would say a mother who fears the Lord is to be praised. Now, you might say he's adding to the text. Well, I, I'm really not. The text actually says a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised, but that woman in Proverbs 31 is a mother for her children rise up and call her blessed. So we can very easily say a mother that fears the Lord is to be praised. Let me go back to the gentleman for a minute. Let me go back to the men in here for a minute. Let me go back to me. I don't do a good enough job praising my wife. I don't do a good enough job protecting my wife. I need to do better. Sometimes I can be so focused on trying to lead the family and trying to do business and trying to get things done and trying to lead the church that I forget that she is my helpmate, that she is my partner, she is my other half, literally. The two shall become one. And I don't come alongside of her and say, I don't know where I would be without her, and I really don't. There's no way. I put a post up last night late, and just as I was thinking and praying, and man, I don't know what I would do without my wife. And, and I don't mean to make this the Heather show, but my wife is the best wife. Sorry, if wives. Um, <laughs> But to you, your wife should be the best wife. And you should love her like she, there is no tomorrow. And I know that I've failed in that area. And I want to do better. And I'm praying that God would help me to do better. Oftentimes we think about how short our wives fall. And we're very good at picking out all of their issues and their problems and their inconsistencies and their this and their that and their that and their this. And women do it too, but I'm talking to the men right now i challenge you to do something i sat down last night just just a little bit and i looked at my all my wife does in in our life and how i take that for granted and the list just got longer and longer and longer and longer you think maybe we should do that from time to time maybe we should do that pretty often Maybe we should look her dead in the eye and say, I love you and I'm sorry and I'm going to do better and I would not be able to do this life without you. And it's not just my life, it's my home life. You don't understand, and again, this will be the last thing I'll say, I'm sure I'm embarrassing her, but you don't understand what gets done in this church just because of my wife. That woman is always working behind the scenes of this church. And half the stuff that I'm doing is because she's pushing me, and she's holding me accountable, and she's encouraging me, and she's my support too. So I praise you this morning, and you should praise your wives today too. Praise the mother of your children. If she loves the Lord, you, you don't understand what you have. Praise your mother. If she loves the Lord, you don't understand what you have. Proverbs 31, 27 through 30. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Children in the room. Titus, boys, girls, make sure you're telling your mama that you love her and how much of a blessing she is. Praise her. Honor her. Lift her up. Encourage her. Talk to her about the little things. I know you think she knows that you love her, and she does. But you get down in her ear and you whisper, Mom, 
You let her know. You pick her a flower that you're going to get in trouble for picking, and you take it to her. <laughs> just don't come by my house. No, I'm just kidding. Pick her a flower along the way. Draw her a picture. Tell her how much you love her. Goodness, we need to do better. I need to do better. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. I've looked at this, and I can honestly say this. I, Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman, a mother who fears the Lord is to be praised. That's the word of God. You're not taking any away from God by praising the mother of your children. And you say, well, you don't know how she does this. Oh, just shut up. <laughs> One, it don't do no good. Two, there's so much good. Why are you going to focus on the bad? Praise her to the glory of God. Happy Mother's Day. Remember this. Jesus Christ is the foundation of any of this. Mothers, you want to love your children? You want to train them up in the way that they should go? You train them up in Jesus. Daddies, fathers, husbands, you got a wife, a mother of your children, a mother who loves the Lord Jesus? You praise her and you love her. And you thank God that you have her. And for those of you who are married to mothers who don't love Jesus, you don't give up on them. You find a way to praise them. You find a way to love them. And you do everything that you can to wash them in the water of the word. And you bring them to the Lord Jesus Christ. Stay consistent. Stay steady. Stay in the word of God. And stay filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to give you an opportunity. We're going to, we're going to give out uh, roses to the mothers here in a moment, too. So don't jet out. And remember, huh? All, all women here. And yeah, let me touch on that one second. I know that Mother's Day can be really hard for some. Some of the dudes in the room, some of the guys in the room, and some of the ladies in the room. There may be ladies here who you always wanted to have children and you just couldn't. Breaks my heart. But I guarantee you with that spirit that you've come alongside and you've been a mother to someone, a spiritual mother. There's been some of you here who you've lost children. There's some of you here who've lost your mother. If you've got your mama, hug her tight. Love on her. Let her know. Praise her. And for those of you who aren't mothers yet, we honor you for the mother that you're going to be. And we pray for you. Goodness gracious, we pray for you. Start now. And this is the last thing I'm going to say. I just need to say it. Young girls in this room who are not married yet, and you don't have children yet, please guard yourself. Please guard yourself, and don't you let any guy rob you of what God has given you. And you wait, you wait for a godly man who loves the Lord. And you tell them other jokers to hit the streets, Jack. And if they won't listen, you call Pastor Brandon. I promise. I, I'm not even joking. That's not a joke. I can run a bro off. I promise you. I've done it. I really have. I'm good at it. I like it. It's one of my hobbies. I train for it. Right? I'm not even kidding. Don't you settle for some bum who tries to sell you the world and he ain't got a dime. I know the one who owns a thousand cattle on a thousand hills. Don't you give up 
And don't you give in to no slacker who don't know Jesus. Tell him where he can go. Tell him he can go to church. And don't bring him to church thinking you're going to change him. Send him to church, and when Jesus changes him, then he's got a chance, okay? Don't give him time. Don't give him the time of day. Please, i I, I got to end it, I know. But I want you to be a godly mother. And ladies, the ones of you in the room who want to be a godly mother, but a jack-legged joker man has kept you from being a godly mother, or at least severely hindered you, can you raise your hand for the young ladies in the room who need to avoid that jack-legged man? Two? Come on, raise them up real high. Oh, you're still sitting with a jack leg. I'm sorry. <laughs> Listen, get you a good man who loves Jesus. And don't even give the other jokers time of day. Mothers, we love you. We praise you. We thank God for you. And I'm sorry I don't show it as often as I should. I'm going to do better, baby doll. I'm going to do better to all of you guys out there, all of you mothers out there. I want you to know I love you. Praise your mothers. Love your mamas. Let's get them flowers up here. And we'll do this. We'll do a, we'll do a um, uh, an invitation. There's some of you mamas out there that you haven't done so well, right? You haven't done so well training up your child in the way that they should go. You haven't done so well loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, right? You've let a jackleg man take you out of of relationship with God, and you haven't been able to be the mother that you know you need to be. I get it. Things happen. I offer you an opportunity to respond. This is just carpet and wood up here. It's nothing special. You can do business with God where you stand or sit. You can come up here. We'll pray with you, whatever. You can just come and thank God that he did show favor on you. But I would uh, encourage you and ask you if you would respond to the Lord, do business with God. If you're in a wayward spot, if you're in a troubled spot, just know that there are a lot of godly women and a lot of godly mothers here who fear the Lord. They will come alongside of you. I know personally because I send young ladies to them, and they're welcome. They're glad to do it. And so we can help you, come alongside of you with that too. But uh, we're, we're open uh, for an invitation uh, to respond to the gospel in whatever way God is calling you to respond, okay? Uh, if there's an influx of uh, young mamas up here or mamas in general, some of you godly mamas, come on up here and pray, well, pray for them. Gather around them. I'll be praying up here too. Oh, let's all stand to our feet. Let's respond to the gospel that you've just heard. Jesus Christ is the one who laid down his life that we might live. Apart from him, we have no way. We have no hope. This is the essence of motherly love. This is salvation. Come to the Lord Jesus Christ today.